On this episode of The Greatest Podcast, we're going to dive back into the life of Joseph and talk some more about his father, Jacob. As a man and later as a father, Jacob made some extremely foolish decisions that caused major problems in his family. And we need to learn from his mistakes and failures so that we don't make those same mistakes and damage our own families. Guys, it's going to be a good one. Going to be a good episode right here, right now. So here we go. Oh, yeah. You're listening to the Grizz Podcast, where our mission is to help boys become men and to help men become better men. It's going to be raw. It's going to be real. And it's gonna be relevant. Now, here's your host, Jason George. I'm your huckleberry. Yo, what is going down on my brothers from other mothers around the world? Talking to my brothers in America, Canada, Australia, Africa, Germany, China, England, Spain. Wherever you are, there you are. Thanks for tuning in. I'm glad you're here. Well, dude, I made it through Hurricane Ian, and right in the middle of the hurricane, when it was hitting our area, I drove to the beach, I stood on the beach with my American flag, and got some video footage of it. I put it on our YouTube channel, that's right, the Grizz Podcast YouTube channel. I only have like two videos posted there, but anyway, I do have one. There's not much to it, but that's all right. My wife said I'm an idiot. I agreed with her, but I had fun doing it. Uh, We had some fence damage from a downed tree, a lot of yard cleanup to do, but that was really it. Nothing major. We're super grateful. Fort Myer, Florida, as you guys know, got hammered hard. Been praying for them. Also been praying for Governor DeSantis and his leadership through all of this. I really like that guy. And man, I hope he runs for president in 2024. Anyway, what else is going down? I drove up to Madison, Virginia this past weekend for a wedding. Got to see some old friends from high school and the college days. It was a beautiful wedding for my friend Jacqueline Duggins. Her father, Tim Duggins, was my youth pastor back in high school. And the ceremony, man, everything about it was just powerful. It was emotional. Christ was lifted up. Christ was honored. Uh, I made the trip by myself. So my wife couldn't go. She had some problems to handle uh, with her company. So I had some extended alone time in the truck, which was great, man. I actually enjoyed it. Uh, It was like seven hours up there, seven hours back to make the road trip. And I was just listening to podcasts, audio books, and some new music. Dude, I made a new playlist, and it's called Grizz's Outlaw Country Mix. That's right, dude. Grizz's Outlaw Country Mix. I have been in to outlaw country music lately. All right? I'm living in the South. That's what I'm into. I don't like that poppy mainstream country junk. You know what I'm talking about. My outlaw country mix, man, I got guys like Cody Jinks. I got the Steel Woods. Whiskey Myers, Tyler Childers, Blackberry Smoke, Luke Combs, he made it on there. Aaron Lewis, 
lead singer from uh, Stained. Dude went country. It's outlaw country, I'm going to tell you what. But it's some good road tripping music, man. Let me give you a little sample of that. Uh, this is the Steel Woods right here. Uh, their song, Axe. Let me play that for you guys. Cue it up. Yeah. Got a little picking. I like picking. Dude, like I said, that's the Steel Woods, their song Axe. You can tell what I'm saying, man. Like, it's, they're amazing. And then uh, got a little bit of Aaron Lewis. This is his song, Country Boy. No, I grew up down an old dirt road in a town you wouldn't know. My pops picked the place up for 1500 bucks back in 1964. Then I got some uh, Cody Jinx. This is his song, Loud and Heavy. Really like Cody Jinx. I've been listening to him for about a year now. And uh, super talented, man. What a voice. Loud, thunder, heavy rain, thin line between joy and pain. It's a long, strange trip. It's all insane. You ain't never gonna be the same. Living life through the night, the line of a lightning strike. Sometimes the only light when the moon is tucked away, pistons pumping, minds are racing. It's hard to sleep, man. That's good stuff. And then uh, there's this other group here, Whiskey Myers. This is their song, uh, Bar Guitar. And a honky tonk town, I think it is. Good stuff. Impulse floating on a sapphire breeze, so we're between heaven and the tall pine trees. Hard land, I'm missing you. Guitar band through the night. I told you, man, they're good too. And then uh, a couple more, man. Blackberry Smoke is the name of this group. This is their song, Waiting for the Thunder. Surprise when it all goes to hell on your dime. 
Dude, this is not normal country music. You know what I'm saying? That's that's why this is the Grizz's Outlaw Country Mix. That's the playlist. Dude, I'm putting it out there on iTunes. Dude, so connect over FaceTime, blah, 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 whatever. I'm getting it out there for the world, dude. I'm going to share my playlist. All right, messing around on my phone right now. But good stuff. Anyway, uh, that's really what's been going on with me lately. So now it's time to uh, dig into the meat of this week's episode. All right, let me grab my Bible right here. I'm in the Grizz Cave. My dog Remy's at my feet as usual. Got my hot cup of coffee here. My uh, my Yeti mug. Let me grab a sip of that. If you got your Bible, you can turn to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. This is what it says. Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pastor in the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a robe or a coat of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers. They hated him, and they could not speak peacefully to him. We'll stop right there. We are back in the life of Joseph. That's what we're going to be working through for several weeks, man. And I want to go back, and before I really get into Joseph, I want to go back talking about Jacob. Joseph's father, a.k.a. Israel. There is much to learn from him. A lot of what not to do. Much to learn from him that can help us be better men, better husbands, better fathers, better friends, better leaders. You see, guys, we should always learn from the failures of other men so that we don't repeat those same mistakes in our lives. And this is why in the Bible, God doesn't edit out the ugly parts of men's lives. In the Bible, we get to see the whole picture, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this is especially true with this guy, Jacob, Joseph's father. Remember what I told you back in part one of this, you know, lesson series. In his past, Jacob was a liar, a deceiver, a cheat, and this sin spread to his children. Remember what I said in part one, you reap what you sow. That's biblical. Galatians 6 verses 7 and 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh 
will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. We talked about this on part one, and I want to briefly talk about this important point some more because as men, as fathers, we need to hear this again and again and again. You reap what you sow. And right now, today, every day, you are reaping something that you're going to sow in the future. Your decisions have major, major consequences. Good decisions have major consequences upon yourself and your family, but so do bad, ungodly, sinful decisions, choices. They have major negative consequences upon yourself and your family. You know, the phrase, sins of the father, that phrase appears in the Ten Commandments in Exodus and also in the book of Deuteronomy, as well as in the Old Testament books of Numbers and Jeremiah. It's an interesting phrase, sins of the fathers. Really, it's about warning fathers to keep God's commands, because if they don't, their sins can have a negative impact upon their children for generations. Sin does have consequences, and not just upon the person who commits the sin, but also upon others. This is what is meant by the biblical phrase, sins of the fathers. A father's sins can have a negative impact upon his children and his children's children. Let's look at a few passages where this phrase is mentioned. Exodus chapter 20, verse 5. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the father's sin to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Numbers 14, 18. The Lord is slow to anger and rich in faithful love forgiving wrongdoing and rebellion, but he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's wrongdoing on the children to the third and fourth generation. Deuteronomy 5, 9 and 10, you must not bow down to them or worship them because I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the father's sin to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. Then there's Jeremiah 32, verses 17 and 18. O Lord God, you yourself made the heavens and earth by your great power and with your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. You show faithful love to thousands but lay father's sins on their son's laps after them. Great and mighty God, whose name is Yahweh of hosts. Powerful warnings here, guys. Sobering. God's laws have been established to either bring blessings or judgment. The choice is yours. You're choosing right now, today, what you're going to do with God's laws. They've been established to either bring you blessings or judgment. The choice is yours. This is an extremely serious matter. You as a man, as a father, cannot live in disobedience to God's laws and expect your children 
to experience no effect from your sinful choices. That's not how it works. Yes, the cross of Christ can break the power of generational sin, and God can even use it for good to accomplish his will, but that doesn't change the fact that painful consequences, problems will arise in a family because of the sins of a father. This is a crucial fact to highlight here at the beginning of the story of Joseph in regard to his father Jacob. Some of you listening to me right now, you've experienced this in your family. There's been major collateral damage done because of the sinful choices your father or grandfather made throughout his life. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You're shaking your head right now as you're listening to this, going down the road or at the gym or wherever you're at. You're just like, I'm living it, Jason. (sighs) Biblical professor and author Michael A. Milton rightly said, the rebellious nature of one generation will have an invariable effect upon the following generation and even the generation after that. I believe the reverse of that is also true. Let me flip the coin on that. Biblical professor Grizz rightly said this, the godly nature of one generation will have an invariable effect upon the following generation, even the generation after that. So be that guy. Be that man. That's manly. That right there, that's grizzing. Listen, guys, something I've learned the hard way is that punishment for sin is often long delayed. Punishment for sin is often long delayed. Don't mistake the lack of immediate punishment as a free pass. I want you to hear this again. Punishment for sin is often long delayed. Don't mistake the lack of immediate punishment as some sort of free pass. In due time, you will reap what you sow. Now let's get back to the story of Joseph. Joseph, I mean Jacob, Joseph's father, made some sinful, foolish choices in his life, and it caused major problems in his family. Number one, as I told you on part one, he was a liar. He was a deceiver. He was a cheat in his past with the way he did things with his brother Esau and the way he deceived his own father. Number two, Jacob, Joseph's father, was not faithful to just one woman in marriage. He took more than one wife. And he also had sex with his wives' maidservants, and he had children by them. In total, Jacob had 12 sons through four women. He had his two wives, Leah and Rachel, and his wives had maidservants, Bilhah and Zilpah. This is not God's design for marriage or for sex, period. Jacob is not a one-woman man as God designed men to be when he created Adam and Eve, husband and wife. And this kind of man who goes outside of God's design for marriage and sex will always cause problems for a family, always. 
Bigamy or polygamy is not God's will. It never has been. It never will be. Sex with women who are not your wife is not God's will. It never has been, and it never will be. I don't care what year it is or what this sinful culture says or what your weak, woke, heretical, and ballless pastor says. I know what the word of God says. God's will for marriage, family, and sex has always been one biological man and one biological woman, husband and wife in marriage. God's will is not bigamy or polygamy, and his will is not sex with maidservants or concubines, period. Even Jesus himself, he affirmed this fact in the Gospels when he was talking about marriage in Matthew chapter 19, verses 5 and 6. And he also said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, singular, and the two, just two, will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, man must not separate. That's Jesus speaking, the son of God the ultimate ruler. That's God's design. That's God's will for marriage, family, and sex, husband and wife. Listen, guys, it was Adam and Eve in the beginning. That's it. That's all. It wasn't Adam and Eve with Gina, Ashley, Brianna, Katie, and Diana as wives, and then all their maidservants too. Nope. You won't see that coming from God ever. Listen, God tolerated bigamy and polygamy throughout the Old Testament, but don't mistake what God tolerates as his will. They're two completely different things, very different things. So Jacob is not following God's will. He has two wives and he has sex with their maidservants and he has children from all of them. And this is supposed to be one big happy family, right? total unity. They all get along in perfect harmony and they love God and they love each other, right? No, of course not. What Jacob did causes major family problems. Now, does God still work his plan of redemption through this sinful mess that Jacob created? Yes, no doubt. We will see that. But many painful problems could have been avoided. Number three uh, issue that I see here with Jacob as a father, he showed favoritism to just one of his children, Joseph. He gave Joseph special treatment. This is bad, very bad. It causes more major problems in the family. Listen, guys, you could show favoritism with your pets and no big deal, but never with your children. If you have one dog that you love and favor more than another dog or the cat or the fish, who the heck cares? No big deal, no painful consequences. But you don't do that with human children, period, never. Why? Well, first of all, Because it breaks God's command in James 2.9, where it says, 
You show favoritism, you commit sin. God commands us not to show favoritism, especially within our own family, with our children. Why does God command this? Because he knows what's best for human relationships. He knows it will cause major family problems as it did for Jacob's family. Jacob's special love and treatment of Joseph over all of his other sons caused his brothers to envy him, to be jealous of him, to hate him. Scripture says it was so bad that it got to the point that they couldn't even interact with Joseph without some sort of conflict or hostility. And Jacob, the father, he saw all of this. He was not oblivious, but he does nothing to correct it. He's a passive father. He doesn't confront the problem and try to resolve it. It's a problem he created. This hatred for Joseph by his brothers grew to the point of actually conspiring together to murder him. Premeditated murder. Do you see what this kind of parenting does? It's bad. It's very bad. Why did Jacob show favoritism towards Joseph? Because he was the firstborn child of Rachel, his favorite wife. This is what I'm telling you. So many problems not doing things the way God designed with marriage, family. Scripture also states that he, Joseph, was also the child of Jacob's old age. Now, this happens with a lot of older fathers who've made mistakes with their first go-round at parenting. Their kids are grown now. Then later in life, they have another child, and they totally treat that child like way better and handle them just way better, (laughs) discipline them way better, provide better things than they ever did their other kids when they were growing up. Genesis 37 verse 3 says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his other sons because he was the son of his old age and he made him a multicolored tunic or coat. You see what I mean? Notice that the other 11 sons of Jacob didn't get jack from daddy. They didn't get jack. They didn't get a new coat. They didn't even get a new scarf, a new turban. This is Jacob flaunting his favoritism of Joseph by giving him this multicolored coat. This is just stupid parenting. I am going nuts right now. This is stupid. This is so dumb. What in the heck are you thinking, Jacob? This is like, you guys, listen. Oh, man, I'm worked up. Let me grab a sip of my coffee. This is like you taking one of your kids school shopping at the mall at all the designer clothing stores and shoe stores and spending like $5,000 on him or her and then take all of your other kids over to Walmart and tell them they got a $150 limit. Go pick some stuff for school. Get whatever you need. How would your other kids feel? about the brother or sister who got to go to the mall with a $5,000 gift card from you. 
jealous, envious, anger, bitterness, hate. It's foolish parenting, just stupid, destructive. And where did Jacob learn this kind of parenting? From his mama, Rebecca, who, if you remember, favored Jacob over his twin brother Esau and helped Jacob do all the deceiving and cheating that he did. Jacob learned to show favoritism towards one of his sons over all the others from his mother, Rebecca. Man, listen, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. This favoritism causes major jealousy, envy, division, strife, turmoil, anger, hatred, and eventually a plot to murder Joseph. I relate. I grew up for many years of my life in a home like this where there was major favoritism towards my two stepbrothers and stepsister from my stepmother. And they got a lot of things that I wasn't allowed to get. They got to do a lot of things, activities, sports that I wasn't allowed to do. Man, it created all sorts of jealousy, envy, division, strife, turmoil, anger, hatred towards my stepmother. Ephesians 6, 4 commands us, Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Jacob provoked his children, Joseph's brothers, to anger. Foolish parenting, horrible parenting, ungodly parenting, destructive parenting. Learn from this. Be different. Do better. Listen, listen to me, guys. You may have a son or daughter who is easier to parent, who is more respectful, obedient, positive, helpful, loving. He or she may be into the exact same things that you're into, whether it be sports, hunting, fishing, working on old cars, music, whatever. So listen to me, guys. Yes, it's easier to love and favor that child more to want to give them more, but don't do the easy thing because the easy thing is usually the wrong thing to do. The easy thing is usually the thing that's going to cause problems down the road. Do your best as a father to love all of your children the same. Take time for all of them. Give to all of them, period, even the ones who don't deserve it, the ones who disrespect, disobey, and take you for granted. I have three kids. You think I don't get this? My youngest daughter has often asked me, Dad, am I your favorite? And I tell her, you're all my favorite. Each one of you are very unique. There are things I like about each one of you, and there are areas that each one of you needs to work on. Each one of you is very special to me in your own way. I love all of you. I'm not lying when I say that. Do I have 
some kids that are harder than others in certain areas? Yes, absolutely. But my wife and I, we have to remind ourselves all the time, hey, what we do for one, we have to do for the others. No favoritism. Why? Because it's destructive. It's foolish parenting. We see this in the life, the family of Jacob. And my wife and I have seen it in our own families growing up. We've suffered because of it. Number four, another thing that Jacob did wrong as a man, as a father, is that he didn't confront sin in his family. He was passive. He kept his mouth shut. What kind of sin in his family did he remain silent and passive over? Sexual sin. A type of incest. You see, his oldest son, Reuben, had sexual relations with Bilhah, who was the mother of his half-brothers. And Jacob heard what his son Reuben had done, and he did absolutely nothing about it. Jacob was the same way when he heard about the rape of his daughter. He did absolutely nothing. Nothing silent, passive, weak leadership. Some might say, like, wait a minute. Maybe Jacob didn't know what Reuben did. But we know that that's not true. Because scripture says that he heard about both of those incidents. In fact, when uh, Jacob was laying on his deathbed and he gathered all of his sons together around him to give them his blessing, I want you to listen to what he says to Reuben in particular in Genesis chapter 49, verses 3 through 4. He says, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might and the beginning of my strength, preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power, uncontrolled as water. You shall not have preeminence because you went up to your father's bed. Then you defiled it. He went up to my couch. All of that is Jacob basically saying to Reuben, you were out of control. You went into my bedroom and committed sexual sin with a mother of your stepbrothers. You will no longer advance in honor and power as the firstborn son should. You lost that blessing because of your shameful sexual sin. But here's the thing, man. I read this and I'm like, hey, Jacob, where were you with this kind of confrontation and rebuke back when the sin happened? And everyone in the family was gossiping about it. Where were you then? Why did you wait all these years to finally say something to Reuben? Why didn't you call out sin when it happened so all the family would know what's right and what's wrong? Why didn't you step up and man up back then and punish it, deal with it? Why? Why, Jacob? Because you're a foolish, ungodly, passive parent, father. 
Let me wrap up this episode with this fact, guys. Listen to me. Jacob is not a good father. He's foolish. He's ungodly in so many areas, and it's caused major damage to his family. This is the family that Joseph is born into. This is the man he has as a father. And so, as I said earlier, we need to learn from the mistakes of Jacob so that we don't repeat those same mistakes in our lives, marriages, families. And listen to me. If you've been a bad father, a foolish, ungodly father, you ain't dead yet. Go ask God for forgiveness. Make it right with your kids and do better. You ain't dead yet. So that means God ain't done yet. Eat some humble pie. It's good for all of us. I've had to eat it many times as a father with the mistakes I've made. Do you hear me? Do it. You ain't dead yet. Ask for forgiveness. Make it right with your kids. Do better. You ain't dead yet. God ain't done yet. I sincerely hope that this helps guide, encourage, and equip you guys on your journey with Christ. We will continue on with this study of the life of Joseph next week. So stay tuned for that. Couple closing items of Grizz Biz. Number one, please keep me in your prayers. I've been having a rough time with my health again. For some reason, a lot of old symptoms from my Lyme disease are hitting me hard. I'm dealing with a high level of pain, even right now. Uh, I've had migraines for about six days now. They do seem to be getting a little better today, so I'm thankful for that. That's just one of the major symptoms that is hitting me. And I have seen that when I do let people know and ask them to pray and they pray, I have seen improvement in my health. So that's why I'm, I'm asking you to pray. It's not that I need or want attention in this area of my life, but I have a need. So, number two, uh, two awesome interviews are coming up this month of October. We have Pastor Jarrett Samuels from the Pursuit of Manliness podcast coming on. Some of you guys who listen to the Grizz podcast, you really love him, and you asked if uh, I would interview him. So, I reached out to him, and he immediately responded, and he said, I would be honored to come on the Grizz podcast. Also, some of you guys recommended that I interview Anthony Weeby II, who is a former U.S. Marine, former U.S. Air Marshal, and currently serving as a chaplain, men's life coach, and head instructor at Lionheart Jiu-Jitsu. I reached out to him, and he too responded right away and said, I'd be happy to come on with the Grizz. So the lion and the Grizz shall combine forces 
for that episode. Let's see what else. Our online accountability support groups for Christian men who struggle with porn and other unwanted sexual behavior, they're going really well. They're called climb teams. Listen, guys, if you're a Christian man and you're struggling with porn or some other unwanted sexual behavior, you're not alone. Eight out of 10 Christian men are struggling with that. The other two, they're lying. (laughs) I don't know that for sure. Uh, So why don't you join us? Seriously, get help. Stop believing the lie that you can overcome it on your own. And stop being proud. Don't let pride stand in the way of progress, advancement, climbing, transformation. The guys who are part of the climb team or part of similar accountability support groups, they're making progress. I'm one of them. I testify to the fact that it works because it's the way God says we're supposed to do it. We're supposed to confess our sins to one another. We're supposed to help carry one another's burdens. We're supposed to encourage one another daily. We're supposed to live in connection and community with our brothers in Christ. We're supposed to be real and vulnerable with them. So listen, stop being so proud. Stop acting like you can do it on your own. Go to our website to learn more and fill out the short online application. You go to narrowtrail.com, go to the page that says Climb Teams, and there's a short online application. You fill that out, you submit it. I'll get that. I'll prayerfully review that and see if you're a good fit for one of our Climb Teams. We have one that meets on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. We have another one that's going to start this month, and the plan is it will be on Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. So kind of middle of the day, lunchtime for those East Coast guys that maybe have an office job or can go out to their truck or their vehicle and be like, yo, man, I can attend for an hour for a meeting like this. Lastly, if this podcast is a blessing to you, if it helps guide, encourage, and equip you, then please consider being a blessing back by becoming one of our monthly financial supporters for as little as $10 per month. We would not exist without listeners just like you becoming partners with us and financially supporting our nonprofit ministry. You can set that up at narrowtrail.com. Go to our give page and it is safe. It is secure It is easy to do. You can cancel at any time. Just $10 per month. That's just $2.50 per week. It really helps our ministry. If you can do more, hey, please do. It helps. Well, that's it, my brothers. Keep stepping up. Keep manning up. Keep on grizzing. Let me see. Try to exit out of this episode with some good music. Uh... This is uh, Watch the World Die by Cody Jinks. I really like this song, dude.
Look at the world and all the mess that man has made of such perfection. I see no good in cutting off one's nose despite a face of insurrection. It's getting hard to see the good to find a way to find a place in a place uncertain. The final chapter's near the end, so one more time we'll tear that curtain. Remember the words of all the prophets, wise men, fools, the weary and blind. Remember the innocence of days gone by, the cruelest joke now played by time. It's getting dark, it's getting cold, it's getting late, and the pages keep on turning. Hit the bombs, light it up, enjoy the ride for the fires, they will be burning. Come on! So come along. We can make love as we watch the world die, baby. In the morning, if it's just the two of us, we know we've done it right. True love truly never dies We might live forever We can make love as we watch The world die Bye.